Ladies and gentlemen, fourth and trollers, welcome back to fourth and troll fantasy, the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. My name is Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And we are back after another Thursday night football game. We made it through again, people. Congratulations. Give yourselves a pat on the back. We did it. We did a good job. We made it through Bills versus Bucks. And now we are here with you on a Friday morning, ready to hang out, preview a little bit of week eight, and just have a good old time. Wes, how you doing? I'm doing great. It is so nice to just, you know, we want to make as many predictions as we can. Dude, (laughs) Dalton Kincaid, I just want to talk about him. Man, uh, the whole episode is going to be dedicated to him. I yeah. I start. I have him in two leagues. I started him in him. I started him in one. Didn't start him in the other because I have Hawkinson and Waller in the league. I didn't start him in. And I was okay. like, let me, uh, let me, let me go with someone that I really feel is going to get the targets. But I started him in the Trollers League, and I mean, the guy I'm playing against had a heck of a start too. So it's a good thing I did, but. Kincaid, oh my, I yeah. Well, we we'll just we'll just get to him very soon. How are yeah. you, Noah? I'm I'm good, man. It's it is it is Dalton Kincaid's season. We had a fun time watching him make his I guess sort of breakout game. Maybe yeah. we can call it that. I know I know he had eight for sixty five last week, and then he had another great performance on Thursday night. Gets in the end zone, scores his first touchdown. Fun times all around for anyone who listened to us, who picked him up off of waivers and started him, threw him in the lineup. Definitely was a fun time. And the Buffalo Bills add another tick into the win column. And the uh, the only team with a winning record that the Philadelphia Eagles had beaten besides the Miami Dolphins get another loss. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking out. Weird. Man. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the Eagles are a great team, but the Dolphins haven't played anybody. Oh, all right, yeah, let's just jump we're, into it. Huh? We're talking we about Bills here? and Bucks. What are you doing? You biased. It, it's not, it's, listen, it's, it's deep in my heart. I can't avoid it. Listen, oh, it's, my it's, goodness. It's all we see nowadays. Anyways, listen, we got a great show for you. <laughs> Going to recap Thursday Night Football, do a little bit of studs and duds for Week 8. Before we jump into all of that, though, make sure you are following us on all our social media below. Catch us on Instagram, on Twitter, or X, on TikTok, and on Facebook. Catch us on all four of those. We're always putting content out there for you guys. We're excited to keep on doing that all season long. And while you're doing that, subscribe, like, ring that bell so you get notifications when we drop our content. Make sure you are on top of things. You're going to want to know everything as soon as we drop it. It's always good times. And drop a comment, too. Let us know. Did you start Dalton Kincaid? Did you pick him up with the waiver wire? Who did you start? I mean, a lot of a lot of decent decent fantasy performances, some letdowns from this Thursday night football game, and some surprises. So we're gonna jump into that. But before we do, let's get into the news because we got a fun time planned for you today. But we gotta learn some things because there's a there's a bit of stuff going on here that we gotta talk about before we jump into week eight, Wes. Oh yeah. Uh, if you haven't already got a cup of coffee, you should get one because we got a lot of important stuff to get to. Starting with the biggest name in fantasy football, literally the highest scoring player in fantasy this season. Tyreek Hill is dealing with a hip injury and sat out of practice on Wednesday. And at first, 
This got up to the extreme from Dolphins beat writers, NFL Network. It seemed possible he would not just miss this week, but multiple weeks. And Tua Tagovailoa talked to the media about what it would be like to play without Tyreek Hill and how different it seemed only for Tyreek to return back to practice <laughs> yesterday. And he himself says he's going to be good to go. Still <laughs> worth monitoring just because of Tyreek Hill and he's the best player in fantasy. But it does not seem to be as scary as it once appeared. Speaking of Dolphins, yep. uh, the running back two on the season, his teammate, Raheem Mostert, didn't practice Wednesday due to an ankle injury, but he did return Thursday as well. He seems to be in line to play. No setbacks. Good to go. Brock Purdy may not play this week. It seems like he's not going to play because he is still in concussion protocol. He did make a lot of progress yesterday. Keep an eye on what it looks like today. Obviously Saturday, but of course, if he does not play, good old Sam Darnold will be the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Ryan Tannehill did not practice Tuesday, to which Mike Frabel said if Tannehill misses this week, which he likely will, both Malik Willis and Will Levis will play. But officially, the rookie second-round pick, Will Levis, will be the primary quarterback. He could be listed officially as a starter, but he's going to get majority of the snaps. I want to remind everyone that I said Vrabel would get fired before this season started. Stuff like that is going to make people turn against you anyway. Get, get that mayo and coffee ready, people. Get that mayo <laughs> and coffee. <laughs> yes, if you want to support Will Levis, the coffee that you brewed listening to the news, go ahead and squirt some mayonnaise in there in honor of Will yeah. Levis. Oh, disgusting. Hey, Zach Ertz <laughs> was placed on IR with a quad strain. Trey McBride is going to fill in for him. For the next couple of weeks, at least. Uh, and obviously, Kyler Murray may be returning at some point. I'll talk about him in a moment, I believe. So many knows. I'm just going to go through it in order. I forget what's what. Hey, Dawson Knox was officially placed in IR in case it wasn't clear to anybody exactly. We're going to talk about Dalton Kincaid, obviously. But he's going to be the tight end one for at least the next four weeks. Marvin Jones had to step away from football this season. He was playing for the Detroit Lions, but he said there's some kind of family matters that he's going to have to step away from football for at least the rest of the season. They did officially release him, so that does change anything that has a, anyone that's playing in a super deep league or like Noah and myself that are playing in a 32-man league. Just another good name, good player um, stepping away right now. The Patriots, this is hilarious to me. The New England Patriots have once again waived quarterback Malik Cunningham. They also, once again, have re-signed Malik Cunningham once the waivers were cleared. Why? Why well, don't understand the strategy? I'm not a GM. I'm not a coach. I don't work in the front office, but I don't know why that's happening. If anything, for fantasy, I guess it does add some indication as to confidence that Mac Jones will continue to play. And this is the Patriots offense going forward. Okay. Doctors have told Deshaun Watson that he has a strain of the subscapularis within the rotator cuff, and he continues to have both. Thank you. Like my pronunciation on that? I pulled that off. Yeah, that was really good, dude. That I can't really pronounce Amari DiMercato. Hey, I got that like six yeah. times, but I nailed <laughs> subscapularis sub on the first go at it. Knocked it out of the park. I definitely didn't practice all day leading up to this episode. <laughs> So here's the deal with this, though, with Watson. This type of injury 
in baseball normally causes pitchers to miss four to six weeks. Watson was already ruled out for week eight, and that puts P.J. Walker in line to start again against Seattle. He was already ruled out by Wednesday, which means that his week nine status is already in question. So just keep that in mind for the Amari Cooper owners and those that are trying to start Deshaun Watson. The Browns also said that they will not put Jerome Ford on IR, and he is only expected to miss one to two weeks. Uh, any questions on Bijan Robinson? None here. Migraine's gone. Good to go. Full workload. He's going to be back in action. Nothing to talk about there. Full workload, meaning Tyler Algier will still get 20 carries. Right, because they will rush 45 thanks, times. Thanks, Arthur Smith. Yeah. That's that's their deal. Um, oh, gosh. My laptop was going to try to restart in the middle of the news. Press snooze on that, dude. I'm recording an episode. Yeah, Sheesh. come on, guys. What the heck? Jeez. Windows? Golly. All right. Jeez. Anyway, Windows. They, they start, Windows started Bijan. They're pissed at the point threes points yeah, from last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. Anyway, okay. Daniel Jones, <laughs> still not cleared for contact. He did practice yesterday, but still no contact. It does appear as if Tyrod Taylor is going to start for a third straight week for the Giants. That's us. That's good news Darren for Waller. Darren Waller owners. <laughs> DK Metcalf is expected to play this week. He was a limited participant in practice for most of this week in order to prevent or at least help prevent any setbacks so that he can be ready to go. Oh, here it is. Here's Kyler Murray, full participant in practice on Wednesday and on Thursday. Now, there's no exact timetable in his return, so it is entirely possible. They're like, you're good to go. You're starting this Sunday. But it appears like Josh Dobbs for now is going to be the starter unless Coach Jonathan Gannon states otherwise. But this could be Josh Dobbs last week as the starter. So just keep that in mind for all the Cardinals playmakers that you may have or may want to trade for. Robert Woods, I forgot he plays, is expected to be out this week with a foot injury while Tank Dell is going to come back and start after clearing concussion protocol. Jimmy Garoppolo practiced this week. Hey, Josh McDaniel says that barring any setbacks, he's going to start from Monday Night Football. That obviously is huge to Noah and I, who are big Jacoby Myers fans this season. We notice a big trend in that. Justin Fields still remained a did not practice for all of this week. He is still listed as doubtful. He is still not going to play this week, but he is still not going to injured reserve. Did you get all that? Just press back a few times on the episode if you want to catch that again. Deontay Johnson did not practice on Thursday. Suddenly, his hamstring just flared up in some way, which puts his week eight status in jeopardy already. That is a big concern. You got one quick note on this, Noah? I I, Just as a Deontay Johnson owner, I believe... Because there was no there, he he practiced in full on Wednesday, and, th- and then was was a random DNP on Thursday, but still met with media afterwards and didn't mention any setback. I'm I'm wondering, keep an ear out or eye out, whichever one you need to do here. Keep some sense out. I'm wondering what we'll hear from Mike Tomlin tomorrow, or sorry, today, Friday, uh, as um about Deontay Johnson. I'm wondering if we'll hear if this was a scheduled like rest day for him just coming back from that hamstring injury. So, keep an keep an eye out, keep an ear out. I certainly am. I've got him starting in leagues. Please be okay. 
Please be okay. Right. Uh, he still has not yeah. scored a touchdown since 2021. <laughs> so I really hope maybe this week or the week dumb. after. Pretty dumb. Last two. Thanks for hanging out. How's your coffee? Pretty good. A little mayonnaise? Yum. All right. Well, yeah, a little, Ro- a little eggy. Ew, yeah, yeah. Roshan Johnson says mm. he feels 100% healthy. He's moving in the right direction to start after missing two weeks for the Bears. Dante Foreman had a monster game, however. So we'll see what the snap count looks like while Khalil Herbert is on injured reserve. And some defensive news. We got confirmation that Jalen Ramsey is going to make his Miami Dolphins debut this week against the New England Patriots. That's it. Let's talk about the Buccaneers versus the Buffalo Bills. What did you learn, Noah? Uh, I learned it was Dalton Kincaid season, baby. (laughs) That's what I learned. I mean, this dude, I mean, it's just awesome. It wasn't just us, the fantasy community. We were all ready for this. We were all ready for the breakout to happen. And it did. We saw it it come through. Duncan Cade, 17.5 fantasy points, five catches, seven targets, 65 yards and a touchdown and a uh, buffalo leap. I'm sure that's a thing they call that. (laughs) Sure. I don't know. Actually, the buffalo leap is probably people jumping through a table. So that probably wasn't the buffalo leap. but. A fun celebration for Dalton Kincaid. Looked like he was having a blast after scoring his first touchdown. This is this is what we can expect going forward. He is going to be involved in this offense. Not only was his touchdown great, he had another uh, catch on the sideline that was freaking awesome. Yeah. Dude absolutely made it an all-pro adjustment. Looked like a seasoned vet out there. Looked like Cooper Cup out there. Hey, what do you think? Out there making an adjustment, turning around, grabbing the ball, getting his feet down before he went out of bounds. It's Don Kincaid season, dude. I'm excited. He was my must start, and uh, and, and 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 your risky start. We we were all full. We were both full speed ahead, as we've said. I started him in the league where I had to pick him up. He was all already. This is the league where I had to uh, wait on tight end because my tight end targets got taken in the draft. So I I was rolling uh-huh. out a. A steady diet of Jake Ferguson, Hayden Hurst, and Michael Mayer. So Ooh, yeah. the tenant spot in this league hadn't been very nice to me yet until Thursday Night Football. Duncan Cade, 17.5 points. We both love to see it. It's exciting stuff for the rookie tight end. What do you, and any of anything else you took away, Wes? Well, the idea that we questioned, uh, we tried to find the bar to set Dalton Kincaid's expectations for ourselves. And we said mm-hmm. it was pretty much Evan Ingram. As far as the bona fide tight ends going into the season, right, yeah. who would you start Kincaid over? Because this was my question, because I said he was a risk, because I didn't want to just encourage people to start him over tight ends that have been successful. Right. But now, it, it feels like that Kincaid just might be your better tight end option. I mean, we'll have to really see yeah. what happens the rest of this week eight. But outside of Kelsey, outside of Hawkinson, outside of Mark Andrews, I would not. I, I would have to contemplate if I would start Kincaid over George Kittle because of his boom and bust potential. I I would. I need to see how Darren Waller does again because he's been rocking yeah. so far, but we you and I both think that might be yeah. Tyrod Taylor related. Yeah. But 
outside of those three, I mean, let us know in the comments. Is there anyone else that you would rather start over Dalton Kincaid with the way he's been playing the back-to-back weeks? And the target share, too, because, I mean, to get seven targets with a Stefan Diggs offense is is pretty good. Yeah, nearly 25% target share. Yeah, nearly 25%. Yeah. So very exciting stuff. I think I think I'd still so what who did you say? Kelsey, Hawkinson, Andrews. That's all I said. Those three. I think I'd start Laporta over Kincaid. Okay. I think. Okay. I think Laporta's I'd start, been I think I'd start Laporta over Kincaid. Both rookies, both yeah, both rookies, just because we've seen more of Laporta. But I think they both have similar outputs, similar floors and ceilings. Yeah. I think while Tyrod is still there, I, I would still go Waller. Um, but yeah, I would start Kincaid over Kittle. I would start Kincaid over Ingram. Yeah, th- and that was what that was our conversation on on Tuesday. Wes was 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 Ingram is the floor play, and Kincaid is is the ceiling play. So so I Ingram probably will have another nine to twelve points. Yeah, probably what we expected there. Kincaid, we see, hey, when he gets in the end zone, that's a fun time, 17.5. If he didn't score a touchdown this week, 11.5, you'd be like, cool, from a tight end, I'm chilling. I'm good with that. Like, we're we're in a good spot. Outside of, you know, a tight end I didn't have to draft in the first five rounds, sweet, cool, we're good. So, exciting stuff for Dalton Kincaid. It's, it's going to be, especially with Dawson Knox being on IR, we obviously wish him a speedy recovery. He got a new contract this offseason. But with Dawson Knox going on IR, we know that we have Dalton Kincaid for at least another three weeks after this. I, and three weeks may be enough time for somebody to maybe take a starting job. I was, so, you beat me to we'll it. To see. I was going to say, like, I know you just said we wish him a speedy <laughs> recovery, but like, I'm glad I forgot that he signed a contract in the offseason. That does make a difference. But yeah. why, why take a tight end in the first round? I mean, oh. Yeah. Man, hey, oh, why well, take a tight end in the first round for that reason, baby? To use him like that. that, it's exciting good. stuff. It's a, it, yeah, he is that good. It's exciting stuff for Dalton Kincaid to come. He benefits Josh Allen, he benefits the Bills, he benefits everything. He, he is an exciting Looks player, good. and we are very excited that it is Dalton Kincaid's season. We have come around and we have made it and we have arrived. It's exciting stuff, good, good stuff to see here. Hey. Another must-start, your must-start, Wes, James Cook. 8.3 fantasy points. It's a little bit disappointing to see him come back onto a week where he's involved in the passing game and then be in a game where he just gets one target. He gets one target. Josh Allen threw 40 passes, and he got one target. I'm not – it's – it. after, like, the second drive, after – so it was in the second quarter, after – the first play of the drive interception for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. I tweeted out, I said, hey, Ken Dorsey, stop being cute and just hand the ball off on first down to your wildly efficient running back who's been running very well all season. And I don't know if Ken Dorsey like follows me on Twitter or X because after I've that, the very next drive was like the James Cook drive. It was that was like the big the, his biggest drive of the of the game for James Cook. First down, nineteen yard carry, and then he just kept going. He got four or five carries on that drive alone. It's it's frustrating that the 
like reputation of the Buffalo Bills offense is big, flashy, creative, big, explosive plays when it's like you've got a running back running for five yards of carry this season. Right. And, and on, and, and on, I mean, like, obviously they convert the first down, but at the end of the game, inside of two minutes, you're like, it's third down. And you bring in Latavius Murray, who's, who had like, who, who had five carries for seven yards on the night. Like he was running terribly. He was getting stuffed every time he hit the line of scrimmage. And yes, don't get me wrong. I'm speaking as a very biased James Cook fantasy manager. Like I, Sure. We that's where we're the, guys. This is a fantasy football podcast. Like this is where we're at. This is what, this is what we're talking about. This is the this is the angle we're coming at it from here. But it's frustrating. He runs for five yards of carry, and he just I mean, so fourteen carries is is great. Well, it's exciting to see that. But like two, I I think he had like ten carries until like their last drive when they needed to kill the clock. So. I'd like to see him as more of a featured player in their offense. I'd like to see him as more of a featured player in the red zone. We saw, we saw last week against the Patriots. When he gets a red zone opportunity, he scores. He, he does good with it. He scores a touchdown. So yeah. it, it's it, – it, don't, don't mistake this James Cook performance of 8.3 points as he lost the job to Latavius Murray. No, he did not. There, the, he was on the field for so many more snaps than Latavius Murray was during this game. I think – it, we don't have the exact snap count, but I be, it, by the eye test, I think this was James Cook's highest snap percentage of the season so far. I was seeing him a lot on this field, if not the highest, very close to the highest. So better days to come. He's not touchdown dependent. He was a top fifteen. He was a top fifteen running back without scoring a touchdown through the first four or five weeks. Like he is not a touchdown dependent guy. Don't worry about it. It's just I think he's getting. He's getting the work. He's being efficient. He's getting some low quality carries. If I had to be, if I'm being honest with you, like I think he needs to be more of like a wide zone run scheme guy, kind of like a like a Devon A chain kind of kind of feel, kind of like give him the outside work and stuff like that, and he can get into space and almost like a one cut guy. But I don't know. I I'm not worried about James Cook after this performance. I'm just a little bummed. It's 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 disappointing because it's Thursday night. So you go into your week with eight points and I'm in a half PPR league in one of my many leagues and I have James cook Uh in that league. So it's even less. And it's just uh, frustrating because it's like when you read the stats and you, and you watch the game and like you said, like he's good and and he's very efficient. And I like the way you described it because he is a one cut guy. You watched a couple of these runs and he, it's like a counter run or it may not even be a designed counter yeah. run. He just sees that if he goes to the outside, he's much more efficient. He does have some good downhill speed, but it is, it is the way he finds the hole. And it just doesn't feel like that. The bills wa- want him to be their first option. Obviously Josh Allen right. and Stefan Diggs are, the primary force of the Buffalo Bills. But just looking at the snap counts, because you mentioned that as well, prior to last night, his highest snap count percentage was 62%. I guarantee you we're looking at a 75% snap count from last night. I mean, it feels like he was on. Yeah, I think that's close. It feels like we were somewhere in that range. It, this is the most he's been part yeah. of the team. And and just the highest was 62 up to, until last night. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think this is definitely his highest percentage. It was it, I was worried at the beginning of the game because I'm you know the 
Bills get the kickoff or the the Bills come out on the field after the after the Bucks first drive and it was like I'm watching the slow mo not the slow mo but like the steady cam guy on the field going up and 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 being there with with Josh Allen coming out and I'm like I always look I'm like all right who, who's, who's walking out? out with him. <laughs> Yeah, and I just freaking see it twenty eight walking out with them, and I'm like, why? Yeah. What? Are, why is he starting the game? They're not even in the red zone. It's not a short yardage down. It's it's disappointing because it feels like Latavius Murray is the better pass blocker. So he de facto because they pass the ball a lot, he 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 will be on the field more, and that's taking away from James Cook, and that's disappointing because James Cook is clearly the better, the more talented running back. Yeah. It's disappointing. I saw, I, this is the last thing I'll say on this. I saw there was a shot during the game of, it was on the Bucks' last drive. And they cut to the sideline and there's a group of four Bills players all together, like standing together. And it's like Josh Allen and Gabe Davis, and Stefan Diggs and Latavius Murray right there. And I'm like, those I've seen this every I've, I saw this every Thursday night in high school up till my th- through sophomore year. This, those are the seniors on varsity standing on the sideline during the JV game, standing there watching the JV game happen and just like laughing and messing around. And there's, there's those are the those are the guys who they've been in the league for a while. Yeah, and the, and they're and they're all bros. And they're and they're they're just sitting there watching. And the, and James Cook, I'm like, dude, please just grow up a little bit. <laughs> Can you be older and just go hang out with the varsity players? It's just it's disappointing. James Cook is clearly better. I think the Bills know it. I think Ken Dorsey knows it. It's just annoying that the reputation of this Bills offense is like Josh Allen. He's the guy. And I know the quarterback should be the guy. I get it. But like establish a run game. Oh. He's also the run game Absolutely. too. That's the yeah. other factor in James Cook. Josh Allen is part of the run that game. That is true. Yeah, yeah. He scores the rushing touchdown. So it's there will be better days for James Cook. We all know it. We're all aware of it. And uh, you know he's not again. He's not touchdown dependent. He hadn't scored a touchdown through four weeks, and he was like a top twelve running back. So he'll be okay. He'll be fine. Just get him a little more involved in the passing game. Hopefully, and we'll see what happens. Hey. Risky start. We'll jump into that real quick. We already covered yours, Wes. It was Dalton Kincaid. We could talk for another 20 minutes on this guy. We're just so hyped about True. Dalton Kincaid. I'm thinking about buying a jersey, dude. Oh honestly. Gosh. It's just, all right, well, maybe. I don't know. If I didn't get disowned from our family of Dolphin uh, yeah. members, Dol- the Dolphins, Dolphins fans. You not the, pump not the, the brakes, the pal. All right. Just <laughs> two weeks. Overreaction Friday from this guy here. Over- <laughs> Golly. <laughs> I love it. I, t- I said I said it I said it on Tuesday's episode. I, I'm in love. I'm in love with Dalton Kincaid. So good things to see. Good things coming. Rashad White was my risky start here. Hey, I, I I'll almost say he. Uh, I I saw his stat line and I wanted to say you know 17.9 points. And before I even saw the final stat line, I just from watching the game, I went. I feel like he. I was like I think he like Alvin Kamara in his way to like a decent game. Absolutely. Like I think he like I think it. I think it was here. He was efficient on the ground, nine for thirty-nine. You know, nearly five yards of carry there. So it's it was good stuff to see from him on the ground. Obviously, only nine carries because they're trying to catch up in the game the entire time. But seven catches on seven targets for seventy yards. Again, he has only dropped one target. He's only dropped one pass. There's been one ball thrown his way. He has not caught this season. Baker Mayfield is is dependent, not dependent, but just trusts him, and so he gets he gets the work and. 
uh, Kirk Herbstreet and Al Michaels were talking about it at one point, and it was just like the way the pocket was crashing in on Baker Mayfield. It was like he wants to get the ball down the field. He's looking, but it, evidently he just he can't. And Rashad White is that check down for him. And he did some good stuff after the catch as well. So some, some big plays. He had a big-time run called back on a holding call uh, that would have made his night just a right. little bit better. 20-plus yard carry, I'm pretty sure. So good stuff from Rashad White. I think he's just – it feels – even with Chase Edmonds back, I know it was his first game back, but Rashad White continues to just be kind of this volume play for fantasy. And it does feel like he's just – he can he can post you a solid week even if he doesn't do anything out, outrageous or anything super exciting but just because he is involved and he's used he's going to be ready to go in this offense. So exciting stuff if you start Rashad White. Good stuff nearly 18 points there for for Thursday night football. Anything to add? Wes? I I'm tempted to say sell high just because I don't I don't know if this yeah. is something that you can count on two weeks in a row now of solid performances i i I don't mind selling high at all maybe uh maybe there's a i mean hey maybe there's a a devon hn owner who is like i need a back man i need i need a running back or the kyron williams owner to get to get in this lineup kyron williams yeah um james cook's owner maybe a miles sanders owner james cook owners Uh, oh man uh yeah no i i I don't mind selling high on rashad white at all at this point i mean i know that the nfl trade deadline is coming up fantasy trade deadlines have a little more time there so hey if you want to explore options i don't i don't mind it at all i mean Rest of season, Wes. Let's just do this. Rashad, I mean, uh, let's see. Rashad White or mm, let's uh, I, I don't, I don't want to do Rashad White. I, I'll say, would you take this trade okay. if you had Rashad White? Uh, we'll just go to what I just said. Rashad White for Devon HN. No. You would keep Rashad White? Oh, I'm White? sorry. I would, I would, I want HN. Right. Okay. So, so this is, a, this is from you being the Rashad White owner. Oh, would you, would you, if these offers were sent to you, if you could make these offers, so you would take eight chan. Okay. Yeah. okay. And yeah, let's go. Kyron Williams, yes. Rashad White or Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams. Take Kyron Williams. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Uh, Rashad White or. Hmm, Let's, well, let uh, me say it, Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco. If, if I'm if I'm a Rashad White owner, I want yeah. a lot of running backs instead of White. So if I'm, I, I okay. would need to do the other. I think the other perspective is more. It would be help, more helpful because Rashad White is running back twenty four on the season. So like, who would be willing? Yeah. Which running back would you be willing to give up to get Rashad White? I would. Here's one. I would trade away Alexander Madison to get Rashad White. Okay. So you would take Rashad White over Alexander Right Madison. now I would because it does feel like the way Cam Akers – Potentially with Cam Akers. It feels insane. Yeah, I wondered if I was right. Madison doesn't have much PPR value. Uh, and he's – Rashad White's only dropped one pass the whole season. Madison drops at least two every yeah. game. He's got some butterfingers, yeah. man. I love the guy, but – that yeah. is not helpful for fantasy. So I'd rather have Rashad White for the rest of the season than Alexander Madison. Definitely not. What about? Let's do this. This is a fun okay. one. I'm ex- Actually, I'm going to save this one. I'm going to save this one for 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 the end. Oh, okay. Stay but tuned. what about Brian Robinson or Rashad White? Um, that's a good one. You know, I 
I think Robinson has proven more to this point that I'd rather keep Robinson just in case of any other potential injuries. Like I know what I have with Robinson. I mm-hmm. It looks like it's turning out pretty good for Rashad White, but this is mm-hmm. only the second week where it's it hasn't been a complete disappointment. Okay. Okay. So uh, let's do this one. Let's go Joe Mixon or Rashad White. <laughs> I don't even think I ranked Joe Mixon in my top 20 going into the season. Dude, you know what I was thinking about today? What? We haven't said Joe Mixon's name on this podcast all season. Well, if he did something that was worth talking about, we would exactly. talk about it. That's the thing. That is the thing. It was just like, I was like thinking about studs and duds, and, and this isn't a, a spoiler or anything, but I was thinking about studs and duds, and I was like, I could do, what's, who's Joe Mixon got this week? Uh, I, could, I mean, Joe Mixon's probably a, yeah, he's probably done this. I mean, it has been great. And then I was like, yeah, we haven't even talked about Joe Mixon yeah. on the podcast this year. You know year. why? Like, it's just, he's, he's RB23. Right. Rashad White's RB24. <laughs> I'd rather have Rashad White exactly. because I feel yeah. like there's more upside there. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Right. Absolutely ridiculous. Last one. And I'm so excited okay. about this one. Rashad White or Zach Moss? Ooh, very interesting. So, right. I, I actually will say Rashad White because I Okay, so you'd ship out Zach Moss. Yes. Because I Okay. Frick, I've got I've got Zach Moss in the Chollers like I might I might make that trade before this episode airs and Maybe just make an offer. Nah, they're good at listening. They'll <laughs> listen right away. No, but it's it, I mm-hmm. the starter, a starting running back, Jonathan Taylor just got sure. 18 carries. He's back. He's in his full Force Zach Moss Zach also Moss got 18 also carries, carries which I think is why you could get that deal done. I think you'd be able to con- just show right. somebody like yeah. I don't know, man. This guy has a lot of carries. I I want the starter, but I mean Moss. If anything were to go down, with Jonathan Taylor, right? Make a good case there, but that's a great way to close that out. Good good uh, trade scenario. Yeah, we're we're both in agreement there. Yeah, good trade scenarios there for you. Let's jump to our don't start here because. <laughs> I, dude, I don't know what it is about every time I talk crap about this guy on the podcast. Right. I made him my dud and my don't start on two separate occasions now. And both times he has his best game of the season up to that point. So I don't, Gabe Davis, 23.7 fantasy points. Dude, I was like, he, he sucks. He's had two games of the in the season so far with more than four catches. Right. Like. He's so bad. He's not going to score another touchdown. I don't know what you guys are on. Let it go. Gabe Davis sucks. 12 targets. 12 Dude. targets. Nine catches for 87 yards and a touchdown. 23.7. I th- I'm not going to talk about Gabe Davis on the podcast yet until I trade for him. And then I'll and then I'll keep talking right. crap about him and then I'll keep rolling him out in my lineup. And then I'll keep and then I'll keep well, winning weeks. Like that's just how this here's is going to happen. Thing. I- I started to I had the thought like a couple hours before kickoff. And so for fun on just like my yeah. own like Google account, uh, I just commented just to help with some of the engagement on that separate clip on YouTube. I was like incoming 23 point performance from Gabe Davis. <laughs> It's your I, fault. I think I jinxed it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but then we look, and it's it was spot on. You can see. 
you can see the time I posted this comment. Hours before yeah. kickoff. And tw- I said, 23-point game coming. And here it is, 23.7 points. We really, have this weird effect just, on – and you know who else? Ken Dorsey and Gabe Davis follow you on Twitter. And they were like, right, okay, that's what it is. Yeah. this guy's pissing me off. I'm sending it. Yeah. No more James Cook <laughs> and only Gabe Davis. Here we go. And then he smashes the tablet on the counter. As Ken Dorsey does. Yeah, and then the OC comes in yeah. and <gasps> does his little, yeah, does, covers the camera. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> hey, if you if you started him against our will, congratulations. Uh, next week, he'll come back out and have one catch for 14 yards. Right. So there you go. Enjoy. Let's fly through the rest uh, of this. Just whatever. Uh, yeah, okay. So Josh Allen, fantastic game. 33 fantasy points, 31 Amazing. for 40, 324, two touchdowns. An interception, 41 rushing yards, and a touchdown there. That's that's the upside he brings. He can give you another 10 points on your night just from his rushing ability. So exciting stuff for Josh Allen owners. Stephon Diggs, a little bit of a slow night for him. Ended up okay. 16 fantasy points. I think that's probably his lowest of the season with nine catches on 12 targets. Just 70 yards. I will say the Bucks defense came out and had a plan for shutting down Stephon Diggs. And it's wild to say that 16 points was shutting down Stephon Diggs, but it, it yeah. was. That's what that's what this is. So they definitely were not giving him what he usually gets. He, they had a plan coming out. Todd Bowles planned and schemed for this game to shut down Stephon Diggs. And, hey, maybe that's why Gabe Davis honestly had such a good game. You texted during the game, Wes. You're like, I think they just swapped jersey numbers. Like, I, just, I, I don't know what's <laughs> going on here, but this is just Gosh, ridiculous. So Stephon Diggs, 16 points. You are funny, dude. Hey, somebody that we probably need to talk about that's probably going to get some waiver wire buzz going into going into week nine, Khalil Shakir, 15.2 fantasy points. He was a guy that had some, had some buzz going around in this offseason, had some buzz generating towards the end of the year last year. Six catches on six targets for 92 yards, and I think – Four of the six catches came on like the first yeah. drive. Like it was like, I got really disappointed because I was like, I thought it was Duncan Cates, <laughs> dude. Why is Khalil Shakir catching all the passes? Hey, if you're in a deep league or a 32 man league like Wes and I, and you were like, oh man, oh, please, please, Khalil, please let this be the night. Right. Please let Imagine. this be the game. Come on. Please. And then he gets 15.2. Hey, congratulations. Good job because you, you, you're excited with your night there. Let's jump over to some of the Bucks. Baker Mayfield, 25 points. I couldn't believe his stat line when I checked it after the game. Is 25 for 42, 237 yards and two touchdowns. He had a, added about two points for fantasy with his legs too. If you're in a dynasty superflex league or or a two quarterback league or whatever, and Baker had to be in there for you, and you were a little bit nervous, congratulations! Yeah. There you go, exciting stuff for you there. Mike Evans saves his night at the end of the game in garbage time there with a touchdown catch. A really nice route ran by Mike Evans, by the way. That's one of the better. When you think about Mike Evans, you don't really think about him being a route runner or like a separation artist or anything like that. And Al Michaels and Kirk pointed out in the booth. They were like, yeah, he he knew what he was doing on that play. He he found a few yards of separation, and Baker was able to drop it in there for him. So 12.9 points, three catches, 39 yards, and a touchdown on nine targets. You're not worried about Mike Evans. He's been awesome this year, and he saved your night a, a little, little bit. bit. But 
don't be worried about the slow night. The 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 Bills defense came out ready to stop Mike Evans just as much as the the Bucks defense came out ready to slow down Stefan Diggs. So good stuff there. And we saw that in Chris Godwin, seventeen point eight fantasy points, five catches on seven targets for fifty four yards and a touchdown. Chris Godwin has a has a pretty solid game uh, for one of the one of the two games I believe the Saints game when Mike Evans went out. He was had a decent game as well, but. Chris Godwin owners, <clears throat> excuse me, I know are happy and excited with that oh, yeah. game as well. He also had a carry of 14 yards, which I think I, I, I missed. I, that. missed. I, I must not have been in the room for that play. Maybe it was a backwards pass. I think I was knows, walking my fish. Good stuff for him. And then just for a little bit of, yeah, walking yeah, walk the fish. Yeah, <laughs> walking the snails. <laughs> just uh, And then just for, just for fun, just to point out here at the end of this, just how poor Latavius Murray is compared to James Conner. James Cook, sorry, and James <laughs> Conner. 2.1 points for Latavius Murray. So don't think that he is somehow, again, taking over this backfield. He is not. Five carries for seven yards, a check down target as well, which whatever. whatever. That's I guess that's how that goes. Who knows? Thursday Night Football. There you go. We got through one. We got a barn burner next week with Titans oh, versus Steelers. Frick yeah, baby. The, the – the uh, the four and two Steelers, by the way, what the dude? They what are the heck. I didn't even, dude. How are they four and two? They look something so happens bad. in the fourth quarter for the Steelers. Man, they just are like, oh, that's right, we're supposed to win the game. Mike Tomlin, Mike just, Tomlin is a, in my opinion, right. a top five greatest coach of all time. I mean, I, I, that might be in the yep. long list. A top Somehow. five of like 15 coaches, but he is unbelievable. But let me just say for a little excitement here, hey. This might be the first Titans game we watch without Derrick Henry. You don't know. Yeah, you don't we got to keep an we got to keep an ear out here, guys. We got trade deadlines coming up uh, just after week week eight here, so it's going to be exciting times. We, we it was funny to see them throw up Derrick Henry on that on that next week graphic because it was like he might not yeah. play, but also. Who the, who are we putting up here? Will like are we throwing hey, Will Levis DeAndre up Hopkins here on this graphic? Might get TJ traded. Watt? Like what? This DeAndre Hopkins might get traded. Like it's oh just what are we? Yeah, I don't know, dude. It's ridiculous. But trade deadline, fun stuff to come. That's it for Thursday night. Let's preview a little bit of Week Eight here with some studs and duds. Obviously, we knew we know the drill. You know the drill. Studs, people that are going to exceed expectations. And duds, people that are going to let you down, and I gotta, I gotta clear my throat here before I jump into this one. You choked I, up. I, I'm, I'm excited. A little nervous. One this, moment. You're gonna drop some incredible knowledge on us. I'm ready. <sighs> I'm ready for my stud for week eight. Get ready, because I, I, I bent the rules a little bit. I cheated a little bit, because instead of a, just a stud, I've got a stud stack, baby. That's right. My stud stack for week eight is Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. Listen up here. We're coming off a poor game for both of these guys. Less than 21 points combined for the stack. That's not what you signed up for in fantasy football this year with the Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen stack. Well, listen up here. Chicago Bears defense has been disappointing, to say the least, against the pass. They are allowing the fourth most passing yards and second most passing touchdowns this year. And before last week, when they faced the elite duo 
of Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell, the Bears were allowing over 20 points per game to the quarterback position this season. Justin Herbert is the quarterback five on a points per game basis so far this year. And Keenan Allen is averaging nearly 11 targets per game. And the icing on the cake with this one is with Josh Palmer's health being a little bit uncertain. We don't really know what's going to happen here with this injury for Josh Palmer that's limiting him in practice. Oh, baby, I know that Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen are ready to bounce back after a poor week against Kansas City. And this 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 disconnection they have even goes back to the Dallas Cowboys game. It's felt like there's been a couple missed touchdowns between this duo over the last two weeks. Just just a couple passes that Justin Herbert has put a little bit too much on, and Keenan hasn't been able to haul it in. It's just a little bit overthrown. They're going to get it in check this week against Chicago. The stud stack this week for Week Eight: Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert. Book it. I'm calling 25-plus point games for both of these guys. Mark my words. Dude, I was I was thinking about it like all <laughs> week, and I was like, man, we just can't seem to mark our words. Like there's nothing that we just feel that way about. And that's I mean mark them, baby. I, I don't know how to there's no reason to argue against this kind of potential between Herbert and Keenan Allen. The only thing I will comment on is if it doesn't happen, we got a lot of problems. We got a lot we of questions, lot of and yeah. it, it, it may it may have to be a scenario where Brandon Staley gets the axe, and you sh- you yeah. slot over Kellen Moore as the interim HC and see what happens there. I'm sure yeah. he call play still, but like it, it just if if something doesn't happen, and if Eckler, I'll throw an Eckler too. If Eckler also has a down game against against who? The Bears. The Bears. They're not like the I. Th- I think DJ Moore is going to have a great game. He's not my stud because people are going to yeah. start him. But like I think the Bears need to find an offense, and so will the Chargers. So if the Chargers, if the yeah. Chargers are stumped by the Bears defense, we got a red flag on our hands, and we're going to break yeah. it down in our next episode. So hopefully we don't have to because we are big fans of what this Chargers offense should be, but. Yeah, yeah, makes for a good stack. I actually know someone that has this stack, Boom. and I'm glad I'm not yeah. playing them. <gasps> yeah. Anyway. Oh, boy. Last week would have been great. stack week eight. That would have been fantastic. Yeah, there oh. you go. Wes, hit me with a stack. or Sorry, not a stack, a stud. Hit me with a stud for week eight in your eyes. My stud is going to be a bit of a conversation between uh, the two of us because I really wanted to work to try to find someone that people would have questions about. Uh, Someone that is likely on people's benches, someone that you don't know if you should start. Again, no bye weeks this week, so we're not trying to fill in anything there, but maybe there is a disappointing player on your team for a flex option. Maybe you do have an injured wide receiver. And I'm going to advocate that I think you can start Tyler Boyd, the Bengals wide receiver, who has been kind of playing a little better than everyone realizes. Now, a couple of information here. Not off to a hot start along with the rest of the Cincinnati Bengals, but he has been on the field far more than T. Higgins. And everyone's got their eyes yeah. set on T. Higgins. They're like, well, this is a bounce-back game, fresh off a bye week. I mean, 
T. Higgins had a 54% snap count in week six before their bye week. Yeah. And then he got hurt and it was a 51% snap count, but he had a 95% snap count. And then since then, it's been no more than 88%. Whereas Tyler Boyd, 89% last week, 73 league before, 91% there. So snap counts, that may not be important to you, but I will say, huh. Tyler Boyd has seen seven targets at least since week two. Seven in week six, seven in week five, seven in week four, nine in week three, and eight in week two. The yards aren't all that hot, okay? He's had uh, the most 52 yards, but and he's only one touchdown, which was week six for the bye. But look, if you are in a desperate play, Tyler Boyd's not even that owned in in a lot of leagues, let yeah. alone started. So you got an option right there. You're a desperate play. You went up against Chris Godwin and Josh Allen last night. <laughs> I need to do something here. Tyler Boyd <laughs> is an option. I'm going to throw him out as my stud yeah. for the week. Oh, and last thing. San Francisco 49ers are actually 11th in most wide receiver points allowed on the season. And the last two weeks, yeah. it's been 7th. Seventh most points allowed to wide receivers thanks to Jordan Addison's dominant night on Monday Night Football. So I pitch Tyler Boyd stud week eight. Yeah, I, I love it. And this is a guy that I, I've been excited about, a guy I have rostered in our Trollers League and a guy that I've held on to even though it's been like I, I've done a lot of waiver pickups. I've done a lot of stuff. And he's been a guy that I have not been able to let go of simply because, like you've said, the amount that he is on the field and the volume that he is on the field for. We see it clear as day. He is a guy that Joe Burrow looks at. He has seven-plus targets every week since week two. He's passed his bye week. He's a guy that you could slot in in these bye week fill-ins if you need, and especially this week against the San Francisco 49ers. He's somebody that I, I think is a sneaky play. I'm excited about Tyler Boyd and the possibility of him. I will say I, I've held on to him. And and I'll advocate right here for beyond just like a stud play right now. He's a guy that if he's on your waiver wire, you need to go get him. Like you don't need to be rostering Elijah Mitchell, in my opinion. Like you could go get Tyler Boyd hmm. instead because here's the thing with Tyler Boyd. In addition to being a fantastic option, a fantastic stud candidate for week eight, seven targets or more since week two as the wide receiver three on this team. And when T Higgins has been missing, when Jamar Chase hasn't been going as high as we want him to go, Tyler Boyd gets the work and Tyler Boyd gets the looks and Tyler Boyd gets the targets. We never advocate for an injury in fantasy football, but it is clear as day. That if one of the top two receivers in Cincinnati were to get hurt, Tyler Boyd would immediately step in as a very high-end flex play on a very, very weekly basis. Past the bye week, if some, if one of those two guys were to get hurt, it's very clear that he would be a guy that you can get 
Do you hear that right now? I do. Dude, this is a freaking, well, are you? Are you? Is a SWAT a team outside? Plane going, yeah, yeah. They're so hyped up. They're just cheering me on right now, dude. What's going on here? First a concert and now happening. the FBI. Help! Yeah, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Davis came back in his helicopter. Apparently, yeah. it was what's going on. Listen, Tyler Boyd, fantastic, fantastic stud candidate for Week Eight. I'm a big fan of Tyler Boyd, and if he's on the waiver wire, you should go grab him. I, I, I'm all in with you, Wes. I'm excited about Tyler Boyd. That's the last thing I was going to mention, too, is like, hey, and look, if you need to pick somebody up, Tyler Boyd will be good because if he has a studly week like I suspect he could, uh, you want to already have him and then use your waiver wire for someone else, which will be great. So that's those are our studs for week eight. Let's jump into our Dudley Duds for week eight. Kick us off, Noah. Yeah, this is a guy that I'm disappointed to talk about right now. And and it's, it's a bummer. Because it's Tyler Lockett, wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. After week one, we were like, listen, hold strong. Tyler Lockett, he is going to be fine. Don't panic. And then week two, he came out, and he had like six catches for 59 yards and two touchdowns. And we were like, let's go. He's back, baby. And then since then, he's been like really mediocre and he's only had like two weeks of double digit fantasy points. And it's like one of those things where we wrote out and we were like, this is Tyler Lockett. This is the situation. He's boomer bust. You got to roll with him because the highs are so high, but the lows happen. There's just been a lot more lows than highs this season. In in last week in the game against Arizona, which should have been huge, Tyler Lockett hates the Arizona Cardinals. Hates the Arizona Cardinals. He's averaged over 20 fantasy points against them each time he plays them over the last three years. He hates them. He saw five targets, four catches for 38 yards against the Arizona Cardinals last week. He should have had, in in a game without DK Metcalf, against the Cardinals. This should have been a massive game for Tyler Lockett. As a Tyler Lockett owner, when I saw DK Metcalf at the game time decision get ruled out, I was like, Oh man, I'm about to have 40 points in my lineup. Like this dude is about to go off. Four for 38 on five targets is so disappointing. He's had only one game this season with over 60 receiving yards. It's been a really, really bleak outlook for Tyler Lockett this season, which is just so disappointing. Add on to that, the Jackson Smith and Jigba is emerging more in this offense, and DK Metcalf will be back healthy versus the Cleveland Browns this week. On top of all of it, the Cleveland Browns allow the fewest fancy points to wide receivers this season. It's it's disappointing, and it's the first week this year where I've on my team where I have Tyler Lockett, where I have had to pull him from the starting lineup and put in one of my depth receivers. It is, it's it's disappointing to see Tyler Lockett not kind of be the guy we have come to know him as. And so he is my dud for week eight because of all of this. And I I am sad. I am very sad. That is pretty sad. That is a way, way to bring everyone down. And we were having fun, yucking yeah. it up, talking about <laughs> helicopters and stuff. And then you're like, hey, were you having a good night? Let me go ahead and put a wet towel on your bed. Um, here's, here's, here's what you could have started with. You, you could have just led with they're playing the Browns because this Browns defense yeah. is a wee bit historic. Miles Garrett is unbelievable. Yeah. So just that alone was enough for me to consider. Honestly, the Browns defense are at a point now where I 
they are matchup circumstantial for me by any almost any player in the NFL. Um, but yeah, as you were talking, I was remembering just how many years Tyler Lockett has been in the NFL, and I'm not saying that he's like slowing yeah. down or that this just you know he's he's missing a step. You know, he's getting a little long in the tooth, as some say, but it does kind of start. You know, the gears start turning a little bit. That well, they did draft Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is to replace either Lockett or DK. And DK has been mm-hmm. the league five years, I think, five, six years. You yeah. can fact check me on that if you want. But Tyler Lockett's been in the league. He's pushing 10 years in the NFL. I mean, it was him, him and Russell Wilson for the longest time. So Jackson Smith and Jigba might start seeing... Him and Doug Baldwin played together Dude. just to age him yeah. even more. Him and, him and Doug Baldwin and... I don't even remember Chris Matthews. You remember him? He had like four games for Seattle. He's like that six foot five. I don't remember wide receiver. He was Chris insane. Matthews. Comment below if you remember Chris Matthews, guys. I remember dude, Ryan Matthews, the Chargers running back. He was he was pretty decent. That's the only Matthews. Oh yeah, that's I even more. Of. That's even a, that's a but bigger age. Yeah, there you go. Point being, five years. Metcalf, five years. Okay. Or DK. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. I think this is what we're going to begin to see. Obviously, there's been a big contract extension for Geno Smith and having his incredible comeback player of the year performance last year. It's going to be under center for the foreseeable future, and the foreseeable future definitely includes JSN. And you make a great point because he has always been dominant against the Cardinals. And DK, historically, has been pretty bad against the Cardinals. So this was just a match made in heaven. And... uh, Turned out being a little bit of hell. So, all right. Good point. Don't like it, but it's the truth. Tyler Lockett's yeah. a dud. Your turn. Try not to make us as sad as I just did. Uh, I won't. It'll be it'll be pretty brief because you had a stack for your studs. I've got a whole position uh-huh. for a certain team that is a dud. Oh, <laughs> I think every uh-huh. single Rams running back is a dud this week. All right. Oh, let's yeah. let's mm-hmm. not try to get cute and think maybe Daryl Henderson with his 18 carries is going to be the way to go. Um, first of all, he was yeah. just demoted back to the practice squad. So take what you will of that. Um, what do we know about Royce? I think that was, I think that was managerial or I don't even know if that's the right word there. I think right. there's, I, I read something that that was like with processes for bringing up practice squad players before they have to be on a, Something contra, uh, something weird like right, that. Ask Malik uh, but, Cunningham what yes. the practice squad means because yeah, whatever. Do. But, but either <laughs> way, familiar. eighteen carries. Okay, what he got like thirteen points. Are you going to start someone from that? Maybe, maybe not. But we know Sean McVay explicitly stated that they're going to try to get Royce Freeman and Zach Evans more involved. Royce Freeman, speaking of long in the tooth, gosh, I think he used to babysit Doug Baldwin. <laughs> And Zach Evans, they drafted late, late in, in this draft, but like he had nothing. He, he had zero <laughs> snap count. So who are you going to start against the Cowboys? Against Micah Parsons yeah. and the Dallas Cowboys defense fresh off of a bye week. Are you really going to roll out a Rams running back that you're not even sure is going to get more than 70% of the snap count at the very best? Do not start a single Rams running back. If they're going to try to win, it's going to be through Puka and Koopa. All right? That's the way it goes. Yeah. All Rams running backs are duds for week eight. Yeah. 
I agree with you. And so I, I pulled up my team here because I, I have a league where my running back situation is not great. My running backs are my, my running backs from week two on were James Conner and Kyron Williams. So clearly I'm in a great spot oh, right yeah. now at running back. So my my RB1 this week is Gus Edwards uh, against Arizona, which should actually be a, a decent matchup. He does sure. seem to be the guy until until the Ravens trade for Derrick Henry. So <laughs> my RB2 right now is Daryl Henderson, Wes. So I need your help. Okay. Because I, I'm limited on, on fill-ins right now. Asking for a friend. Yeah. Asking for a friend. Anonymous. Jaleel McLaughlin. Jeff Wilson Jr. or Tajay Spears? Do I do I swap in for the lovely Daryl Henderson? <laughs> so Jaleel McLaughlin was uh, my my risky start two weeks ago against the Chiefs yeah. because that Chiefs rush defense is solid. I we both talked about it in the last episode. Jaleel McLaughlin, here he is. Shout out to Jaleel McLaughlin. He's right phenomenal. There, yeah. He's really okay. great. Yeah. But, he's really good at football. Um, and really small. I have no concerns about him, but I'm not going to throw him into a lineup because the Chiefs defense is mm-hmm. really good. Um, who was the second person you said? Jeff Wilson Jr. Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, you know, the Dolphins are just that team where if you throw anyone with aqua and orange on their jersey into your lineup, you're right. probably going to get a touchdown. So I don't right. hate that idea. But I do want to, again, advocate for my waiver wire out of the week, Tajay Spears, who mm-hmm. with Will Levis under center for a lot of it. And I imagine Derrick Henry is going to be involved in some way. But... I don't think it's a bad option to consider Tajay Spears, who is also good for PPR. Now, the only difference is that the Falcons' rush defense is really solid. Right. So consider that. But I would go with either Jeff Wilson or Tajay Spears. Pray for the Jeff Wilson touchdown. Maybe a nice catch and run and see what happens from there. Maybe some goal line work. Or, Or you... Get Tajay Spears in your lineup and see if maybe you go one of two if ways. He gets in the Twelve targets the from these rookie, yeah, from these rookie quarterbacks. So it could it could be a total audition for the Titans yeah. to say, "Here's Derrick Henry, give us your best offer. Please give us as many first rounds right. as possible." Or they preserve Derrick Henry to ensure there's no injury risk. And right. they roll out Tajay Spears and be like, well, we got to see what we got in the future. I like the rookie rookie connection. I'm going to final say Tajay Spears. Okay. I've Darryl got him Henderson. in there. I've got him in there. I was just looking at it. And, and for an RB, like for an RB2 in this league, it's a half PPR. I, I, I'm okay with this. I, I just realized that, you know, it's, it's obviously it's not great for me. I have Kyron Williams and James Conner on IR. So it's not a great yeah. scenario for me, rough. but Taji Spears, I mean, and you're, you, you, he was your waiver wire out of the week. Taji Spears has seven or more fantasy points in four of six weeks this, this season. I'll take seven. I'll t- like with what yeah. I'm, I've got going on here. I'll take seven <laughs> because I'm, I'm okay with seven out of this guy. I guess that if that's what I get to get, I, I get that, that my worry does become, 
is this going to be just Derrick Henry's, hey, he's still fantastic. Look at him. But like you said, the Falcons' run defense is really good. So they, they could try and roll him out there and give him 30 carries, and then he gets 40 yards, and it's like, well, never mind. No one's going to trade for him. So I, I like it, Wes. Tajay Spears, I'm going to roll with it, see what happens. Yeah, Who either knows? way. All of those running backs will get more points than James Cook. That's what I learned from this episode. Right? Yeah, more. more yeah, all those guys will get more points than James Cook and the entire Rams running back room combined. <laughs> That's where we're landing with that. There you go. Hey, that is going to do it for this episode. Drop a comment below. Let us know if you're going to start any of these studs and duds. You're going to start the stud stack. If you're going to go ahead and take our advice and. Let's sit back here on Daryl Henderson. We don't really want to do anything here against this Dallas defense. Let us know in the comments while you're down there. Always like. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. Ring the bell. Want to be on top of the content as we drop it. And make sure you're following us on all our social media below. We're always putting stuff out for you. Exciting things always for the 4th and Troll Fantasy social media pages. That is going to do it for the episode. Join us next Tuesday for our week eight recap we're gonna do a little bit of trade deadline talk as we're getting pretty close to that we'll do our mid-season review based off where we are at with our rankings based off of our preseason it's going to be a fun time looking at our top 10 lists my name is noah selby and i'm Wes selby and this has been fourth and troll fantasy Fourth and Troll Fantasy is a production of FQ Media and Selby Artistic Workshop.